This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning and welcome to the Wednesday morning edition of Community Connection. Laura Williams here along with Jesse Pierce from Crosspoint and we're going to have a great conversation with him about what he does. We want to remind people that they are having the soup kitchen today at Crosspoint at the Y. So at the uh, old YWCA on, on Hazel Street, they are having the luncheon. It is going to be again from 11 to 2. This is open to the public, and they are going to have soup, sandwiches, um, desserts, and they're also having basically a resource fair. So if you want to know what resources are available in the area, if you are somebody that's listening and, and you need a coat, you need an outfit, you need lunch, this is all free to you. Please come out, learn about the different services that are offered. Um, again, from 11 to 2, they would love to have you there. So just a reminder that that's happening today, so you don't want to miss it. Um, again, we have Jesse Pierce with us, and I'm so excited to talk to Jesse. I actually knew Jesse as a child. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if a teenager is really a child. I knew him as a teenager, So, and I still have good things to say about him. That says a lot, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Williams. I mean, it's hard for me to call you Laura, but uh, I mean, <laughs> is that okay with you if I do that? That is 100% fine. And actually, um, Jesse, you'll appreciate this. When I interview Mayor Williams, he's always, you know, perplexed about what to call me. Should I call you ma'am, Laura, mom, <laughs> you know, what should I, Mrs. William, what should I call you? Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, been there, done that. So, Jesse, um, kind of catch me up. First of all, talk about your mom, your amazing mom. Yeah, my amazing mom, um, who is sort of the reason I'm back in Danville, uh, she had some pretty uh, bad health in the last few years of her life. And so I came back to Danville from Chicago to kind of take care of her. And unfortunately, she passed last year. But uh, she, I mean, it, in that passing, I, you know, it was reaffirmed how many lives she touched um, and uh, just the number of students that reached out, the number of uh, fellow teachers, the number of community members. The number of kids that had her as a director. Um, I mean, just so in so many ways. And so, uh, you know, I, I people tell me, you know, uh, you're just like your mom. And my response to that is, thank you very much. I try because it really is the goal for me. Yep. And, and I don't mean to bring up any sadness because but your mom was such a bright light and she was always, you know, that happy go lucky. She was so positive. She really built students up. So anybody that had her in their life, that was a blessing. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, Jesse, you'll appreciate this. And I don't know if you know this piece about me, but my mother actually worked at Crosspoint at the Y. And she was a domestic violence counselor for 30 umph years. So, you know, uh, whenever we talk about the subject, I, I always tell people she would tell me that, you know, not only did she see the grandmother, but then that then her children, then right. the mother, then the daughter. So right. she actually saw three generations of families that would come through the domestic violence shelter. Yeah, we absolutely know that it's generational. And, uh, you know, that's actually one of the goals of the Partner Abuse Intervention Program is to end domestic violence. Uh, for, for so long, I worked in victim services and um, never really thought uh, about the possibility of working with individuals who cause harm, 
But uh, in the years, in the 20 years or so of working in victim services, you know, there was some kind of frustration there in terms of that ultimate goal of ending domestic violence or ending sexual violence, because it's going to take more than just putting some band-aids on, right? It's going to take addressing the heart of the issue, which are the individuals that cause harm. And um, oftentimes they are, because of the culture of victim blaming, um, the individuals that cause harm are kind of left out, right? It's all about, you know, why didn't she leave? Or, you know, why does she stay? Or are those kinds of victim blaming kind of things? And so uh, those individuals that cause harm are kind of out of that equation. So now working on that side of it, it's just really fascinating. And I do feel like, uh, you know, it's a really important piece to prevention and addressing the ending of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So Jesse, my husband worked, uh, had a counseling business for a number of years and their biggest population of clients were sex offenders. Yeah. And, you know, you know, kind of just when you say sex offender, you automatically turn off and think of an, this evil ogre and, you know, a population right. that you would rather just throw away. But you're exactly right. You can't do that because you have to fix the root problem. And if we're not fixing not fixing, that's not a good word. Helping, addressing. addressing the individual. Thank you. If we're not addressing the individual and the issues, um, which are often generational, just like domestic violence, often generational, right. and some people really don't know better. So you have to help them learn techniques and strategies and, and things to stop this continuum, right? Because we don't want this going from generation to generation. So you have to be able to jump in there and, you know, to some people, they might, you know, think about the abuser, whether it's sexual, whether it's, uh, you know, physical, mental, they might think of them as the evil ogre. Let's throw that's them away. Right. But we can't do that. You know, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things we are trying to do uh, is to move away from the language of abuser, to move away from the language of batterer. And we're shifting that into individuals who cause harm. And it's precisely for the reason that you mentioned. Um, these individ they're individuals first, um, and a majority of the folks that cause harm, the, the folks that they've caused harm to, like, for example, when I worked in sexual assault, uh, a majority of the kids that I encountered loved the individual who's causing harm. They just didn't love the harm. They didn't love the abuse. And so when we demonize sort of like abusers or perpetrators, we're putting them in this little box um instead of addressing the fact that they are people first and they've made you know some not great choices and uh you know also it's it's taking away that demonization and that picture i think that we all have in our head when you said you know that that sex offender we all have a picture in our head of what that person looks like when in reality you know that that person looks like an uncle that person looks like a father that person looks like a brother you know um because we know this is so highly underreported uh we'd like to really think about uh you know that they are these evil crazy deranged folks but that's not the reality mm -hmm. okay so we could just stop the show right then i think <laughs> we covered a, a chunk right there so actually um we'll take our first break and then when we come back i'm going to backtrack jesse have you have you tell us your title and exactly what you're doing and then we'll talk about what's working we'll be right back
Welcome back to Community Connection. This morning, we have Jesse Pierce here from Crosspoint. He's a partner abuse intervention coordinator for Crosspoint. So, um, you know, Jesse, tell us about your background and, and, you know, we kind of know how you came back to Danville, but getting into the field that you're in. Well, actually, I started uh, my work in this in, in the anti-violence movement, as I like to call it, um, at the YWCA in, in the year 2000. Um, so uh, at that point, I, I worked as a volunteer coordinator. So I had the opportunity to work with individuals who had experienced um, harm and were ready to um, volunteer. And, you know, part of their re-empowerment process was to get involved. And so that was, you know, that opened the, my eyes to, okay, this is, this is sort of where I belong. And uh, I ended up then working for several years for the Illinois Coalition Against Sexual Assault. And then uh, also then following that, the Iowa Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Um, so, you know, while the majority of my uh, time in this movement has been in working with sexual assault, what we know is that sexual assault and domestic violence are so closely related right there usually isn't one without the other um if we're talking about intimate partner violence so um then uh, i ended up back in danville and this opportunity came up and again i was like hmm uh time time to time to examine this time to look at the time to look at this other side time to to, to address this head-on so this program uh the partner abuse intervention program at cross point at the y is unique in the fact that you know it is specifically working with individuals who cause harm within an intimate partner uh, relationship, okay? So it's basically a 24-week program um, where, you know, and, and I got to say that it's partly individuals that are court-mandated, partly individuals who are referred through other agencies like DCFS-affiliated agencies. And um, most importantly, there's also volunteers that just, you know, recognize the fact that they have a problem and want to get some help. And so, you know, I'm, I'm super happy to be doing this program because I do want to let the public know that if you are one of those individuals, that there are services available in Danville for you. Um, and it's as easy as calling 217-446-1217, asking for myself or asking for Deb Saunders. She's the co-facilitator of the program. And we can connect you to these services. And it's basically a 24-week program um, that kind of helps folks recognize abusive behavior, uh, take responsibility for it, to recognize what that abusive behavior, uh, how that impacts children in their lives, other people in their lives, um, and to learn new nonviolent interaction skills. And, you know, this is a process that, you know, is a little difficult because initially we have folks that are coming in feeling like, you know, uh, in, again, because of that victim blaming culture, uh, it's her fault. She started it. Um, and, you know, we have to start and meet folks where they're at in terms of that and start to educate about how, you know, as men, uh, we are raised in a culture that says you have the power. You know, uh, if we think about like I think about at my grandma's house on Sunday dinner. Like my grandpa always got served first, you know, and that is not something that I thought about what was what's kind of behind that. But, uh, you know, through the years, I've sort of examined that a little bit in terms of that male privilege piece and that expectation. And 
that is part of why you know we go beyond anger management, which a lot of folks think this program is specifically about anger management, but it isn't. I mean, we address anger, but um, anger management doesn't address that root cause of the issue and 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 the gender roles. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a twenty four week program, and we also have a women's group as well. So um, you know, we also recognize that there are women that cause harm. So that service is also available. Mm -hmm. Is there a charge to participate in the program, Jesse? There is. Uh, it's seventy-five dollars, and that's for the entire program. Uh, so uh, it's kind of kind of a bargain. Um, and uh, you know, we our most our our biggest you know concern is that folks that uh, need the services get the services. If money is an issue, um, you know, we we work with individuals so they can uh, pay as they can. Um, but, you know, I always tell folks at intake, uh, you know, if you don't not come to group because you owe money, come to group and we'll figure out the money piece next. So, but it's $75. Okay. Well, that's good information. And yeah, $75 for 24 weeks. That is quite the bargain. Yeah. So talk about some of the things that people learn. You know, you talk about some rebuilding skills. So we've talked about addressing, um, you know, just the violence piece, but what else goes along with it? Well, I, you know, so we cover things like um, shared responsibility and responsible parenting and economic partnership and sexual respect and negotiation and fairness, things that people often don't associate with domestic violence because, you know, we believe and we like to think that domestic violence is physical, right? And that's it, that you can, if, if you're a victim of domestic violence or if I'm a victim of domestic violence, you can see it through my black eyes, through marks on my arm. Uh, but again, the reality of that is we know that it is so much more than physical, right? It's verbal, it's sexual, it's economic, it's um, spiritual, it's social. Um, so we try to address all of those things um, within the program to ultimately, you know, help folks recognize that, you know, violence is a learned behavior. It's something that along the way, uh, everybody learns. I, I like to say that babies are born these pure individual beings, right? And somewhere between the ages of zero and two, they learn what violence looks like. They learn what violence sounds like. So it's a behavior that was taught. It was a behavior that was learned. And so unlearning that is a big, huge piece of that. Um, and also, again, uh, directly related to the main goal of ending domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So, Jesse, one of the things I'm fascinated by are brain studies and, you know, how, how brains are wired and why, why why behaviors manifest themselves. And, you know, when you think it never made sense to me when my mom would tell me that she saw generations of women in domestic violence situations. I, I was like appalled. I'm like, what? I mean, you would think if you're the child in that situation, it would be a situation that you would never allow yourself to be in when you were the grown up. But it's exactly that learned behavior. Right. And, you know, and it, Laura, it's really about socialization, right? Um, and that that idea that, you know, what I saw and what I learned as a child, you know, uh, even though we may not like it, sometimes it's perpetuated. That's not to say that all survivors of uh, sexual assault or all survivors of um, domestic violence uh, or they witnessed it as a child go on to be abusers because or people that cause harm excuse me see we're still trying to change yes. that with mm -hmm. ourselves um 
But that's not to say that individuals uh, that have experienced it go on to cause harm. Not all of them do. Um, but there are some that do just because it's what they learn and what they know. And so uh, in, in addressing that generational thing, um, it's uh, it's that's that's a pretty key component to it. And it's it is all about socialization. What does it mean to be a man? You know, a man is tough. A man is strong. A man is the breadwinner. A man is the head of the household. Uh, a woman takes care of the house, takes care of the kids. Um, and, you know, those are roles that aren't necessarily true. And in terms of a healthy relationship, uh, need to be looked at and reexamined. Mm -hmm. And again, with your program and what you're doing, it's helping people relearn or learn for the first time, you know, changing that wiring that it doesn't have to be that way. That's right. Okay, well, let's take our last break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection this morning. We have Jesse Pierce with us, and he's the Partner Abuse Intervention Coordinator for Crosspoint Human Services. And we've been unpacking a lot of information this morning. But, Jesse, I, I think the important thing to know is that there is help. And, you know, you can't be that person like, well, I'll be embarrassed or my family name or, you know, whatever. What's important is that you seek to change an, that negative behavior. Absolutely. And I do want to assure listeners um, that if they are interested in these services, that they are confidential. Um, so that is uh, a very key component to it because of what you just said. There's that embarrassment aspect to it, um, but it's also a super key part of it, just like, you know, getting over it and sort of, um, you know, just just taking that next step. And if it's okay with you, uh, I would like to share um, some feedback that we got recently from a participant who was not mandated by the court, um, who was a volunteer. So um, uh, this is from Ray. I'm putting Ray in quotation marks because that's not his real name. But he said that he decided to try this group because my girlfriend thought it was a good idea, though I was convinced I didn't belong there. I thought I'd give it a few weeks to get her off my back. The more I stayed, the more I realized that these men were not so different from me. I could have been court mandated just like them. My six months in group ended last week, but there's no way I'm leaving. I don't pretend to be a successful graduate of anything. I have made baby steps, but I'm still a work in progress and feel really connected to this group. Eventually, I'd like to get my Wednesday nights back, but I'm not ready to leave group. I still need to be held accountable. Wow. Uh, right? I mean, that that to me, there's so much in there that uh, I, I, I just, um, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, that's progress, right? That's that's some movement. And it's always like one step forward and two steps back. But, um, you know, that that we're, we're planting seeds and light bulbs are happening. And uh, I feel really good about that. And Josie, I think we're all, as we go through life, we're always a work in progress, right? right? So no matter who we are, what we are, where we are, is we're always a work in progress. And we're, we're working to make positive changes, positive directions. I mean, that's all we can ask, right? Yeah. Yes. And it is really hard to examine yourself and sometimes and the role that you may play in causing violence, um, but it's worth it. And, you know, for the folks that, you know, again, it didn't take when I'm like, uh, 
you know, no, most folks aren't super excited to spend the next 24 weeks, but the majority of individuals who complete the program walk out and express the fact that they have learned some pretty valuable lessons about themselves, about relationships, um, and about violence. Mm -hmm. And then those skills go toward their family or, or the individuals that they're going to run across through the course of their life. They're the benefits. Society's a direct benefit of this program. Yeah, I mean, our hope is that uh, this starts conversations with other people in the participants' lives, um, you know, and then those conversations continue. So we can break that generational um, sort of cycle of abuse, right? It starts with education. It starts with dads talking to sons. It starts with, um, you know, healthy examples of conflict resolution and all and the, and the tools that we try to build for the individuals to participate in the group. You know, I think anybody can benefit from conflict resolution sure. because just just when you think you know it and you're, you know, just basically learning those triggers, learning how to handle conflict, um, such an important skill. Yes. Okay. Well, what else would you like to tell us, Jesse? Uh, I would also like to uh, reiterate that on the um, the fifteenth is the um, the soup kitchen, and that is a just a, a wonderful event um, that we that Crosspoint is a part of, and it's a part of the continuum continuum of care um, in Vermilion County. And last year I had the opportunity to attend. Actually, I saw Mayor Williams there last year as well. Um, and uh, it's just like this really warm um, feeling of Thanksgiving and um, just sitting, sharing, breaking bread and um, and yeah, giving people a break. They can just come in and get a hot meal and um, sit with individuals who see them as people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a great event and I hope that uh, those that uh, are available can come out. Yep, and that's 11 to 2. So, you know, come on out today. Even if you are a person that you, you're not, uh, I, I don't know, identifying that you have any type of a situation going on, but you want to learn about it, this is a great opportunity. Again, it's like a resource fair. You can see what services are available, and then you can pass that information on. You never know who you will run across in your life that might need those. So it's a great opportunity to learn. You know, and it's a great opportunity just to visit Crosspoint at the Y, learn what they're doing there. Such an important service and uh, to see it going all these years, you know, unfortunately, we still need it. Right. Fortunately, it's there. All right, Jesse, thank you so much for being with us. Audience, you know, I, I know this was kind of a deep subject today, but hey, it's a fact of life. It's something we need to know about. And, you know, we're thankful that Crosspoint's providing this type of service. We will be back tomorrow with another show. We're going to talk about LIHEAP. If you don't know what that stands for, turn in tomorrow, learn more about heating assistance. Jesse, so my pleasure to be able to talk with you again. Same. Thanks a lot, Laura. You're welcome. And audience, we'll be back in the morning. Join us then. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.